This is a podcast from BBC Worldwide, who help fund new BBC programmes. Hello and welcome to episode five of The Power of the Daleks. I'm Crystal D, host of The Fan Show, and I'm joined by... Chris Allen, producer of The Fan Show. And Cameron Key McCune, the digital editor on DoctorWho.tv. We are watching Daleks in episode five being cooked. Being born. <laughs> being brought to life. That's so, how you make a Dalek. It's so that, a real Frankenstein moment, isn't it? It is a real mm. Frankenstein moment. And, and the Dalek with the, um, the, the little cattle prod. T- like tasers. Yes. Like, yeah. That's, that's your Frankenstein moment. <laughs> Lesterson's monsters. Lesterson's monsters. <laughs> uh, and seeing the Daleks being lowered down like that, that's extraordinary. I mean, it really is. Extraordinarily slow dipping mechanism. Yeah, mm. so we discussed this incredible finale Mm. from the previous episode um, one thing that I find fascinating about the Daleks and their actual creation in the world of television history is that if the Daleks the very first Dalek story in 63 had been brought forward in production by a matter of weeks mm-hmm. then they would have been designed by a little known guy called Ridley Scott <gasps> he was a staff designer at the BBC yeah he? I think it was a matter of a week or two weeks that he moved on to a different project yeah, I- now, is it true? Now, see, this is the thing. It's just two old Doctor Who fans swapping <laughs> apocryphal stories. Is it true? Is yeah. it true actually that he was assigned it, and then couldn't do it, and got moved off it, and oh. and then Raymond Kuzik got it? Who's uh, well, Vaughan Ridley. I don't. I thought he had moved on. Before Either way, he was offered it. it's one of those close brushes that he could have ended up being the man who designed the Daleks for fifty quid or whatever <laughs> he got paid for it. I mean, Raymond P. Kuzik, you know, famously oh, earned pure, nothing pure, from pure the design of the Daleks, and apart from a blue Peter badge and his. Uh, his BBC salary that week. There's a uh, wonderful interview with Raymond Cusack in the More Than 30 Years in the TARDIS uh, documentary where he talks about, from his point of view, the, the legacy of the Daleks mm, and his mm. relationship with Terry Nation. But he did such a wonderful job. But I want, what would Ridley Scott, what would have yeah. his desire? <laughs> I've, I've met Ridley and, and I neglected what? to ask him. Oh. Sir Riddles, as I call him. I neglected to ask him. <laughs> At that point, because I don't think I knew, because that bit of information didn't come out. Well, I didn't discover it until about two years, three, maybe during the anniversary. Well, I think year. it was the fiftieth. Yeah, it just that, that information popped out, um, and I thought, whoa! But I, I would love to have known what he has mm. take on designing yeah, a Dalek would be have been interesting, actually. So, Sir Ridley, if you're listening, please do get in contact with the mm. fan show. <laughs> if you could do a little sketch, yeah, email, we would love that. <laughs> there are some great sketches of the original Dalek stuff that yeah. had been put together. But I wonder if he even started on it. Oh, and in the plot now, Lesterson has absolutely lost it. Yeah. He's going to wipe out the Daleks. Good luck with that. <laughs> and, uh... Well, it's interesting because he's been so calm the first mm. four episodes. And so, I don't want to say naive, but he has been naive, but so exuberant and enthusiastic yeah, about it. Yeah, it's classic though, isn't it? I mean, mm. we, as we've discussed before on this podcast a few episodes ago, how you get these characters who find an alien, whether it's a Dalek or a Cyberman or something else, and they go, oh, oh I could use this, oh, I could mm. use this. The Doctor blunders in and goes, no, this is bad. Mm. And they don't listen, it goes too far, and then they are left to try and... Contain. You know, contain <laughs> the, the monstrosities. Oh, the Dalek just crashed oh, into no, the camera. Wow, so we discussed this in the previous episode uh, <laughs> that there was a, a continuity error. In the original. Or mistake that uh, a Dalek bumped into a camera. And so episode five, we've just witnessed an ama- what was an amazing close-up 
And then it got too close, literally too close to the Dalek. And there's a little button. Nice touch. That is a lovely touch. That was amazing. Well done, Charles. The, what a great uh, decision. Yeah. I'd like to imagine, because of course, in, in my day, people impersonated the Daleks in the, in the playground, and I'm sure kids still do to this day. Uh, I, I'd like to think that in 1966, kids were going around saying, I am your servant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a whole class of children saying that to the teacher would be hilarious. Mm. Open your book six, page five. I am your servant. <laughs> oh, Lesterson's in. Hey, it's a, it's a. It's yeah, this, that performance is excellent. I was going to say, I'm mm. it, funny it, his name. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's visceral. It's quite adult as well. But there's nothing, I suppose, more scary for a young person to see an adult scared yeah. or mm. slightly unhinged. That's mm. really. Um, his name is Robert James. Who's also in the Mask of Mandragora? Oh, Mandragora. <laughs> you say Mandragora, I say Mandragora. No, it's a great form. You say, and I think mm. you're right. There's a, there's a lot to be said about the the scariness of seeing uh, an authority figure mm-hmm. or someone you know, sort of quite sensible and straight, completely lose it. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes humans are the biggest monsters of them mm-hmm. all. The episode Midnight, two thousand eight. One of my favourite episodes of all mm. time for that exact. The humans reason. are. They are the monster. enemy. Yeah. It's not the scary thing that's outside that we can't no, see. No, it's a scary thing inside all of us. And now you have this horrible scene where, where Lesterson is gibbering in front of Bregan and the Dalek is lying. So Lesterson's saying, oh, there's loads of them and they're all everywhere. And the Dalek's like, no, we're nice and we love you. <laughs> and it's, yeah, and I mean... Completely undermines him. We've had three episodes of them saying, I am your servant. I'm getting a little bit, you know, they're getting a bit tired of that one, guys. Yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, I guess another way they're keeping this tension going is the fact that the Daleks aren't going about exterminating everyone. They've, it's happened very... So they accidentally... Well, they kill Resno at the very, in the second or third episode and then and then it's exterminated its way through that panel of mm. uh, uh, metal. Paper. But yes, it's, it's keeping it very sparing. And, yeah. and there's still a... Like that one that was just in this scene was unarmed. But we know. But we know. We know. But, you know, this whole thing is a great exercise in dramatic irony. We know, as the Doctor knows. It's one of those Doctor Who stories yeah. where where the, the audience and the Doctor are in cahoots. Sometimes we're not. Mm. This is a, an absolute classic example of where we, we totally know everything he knows and we're like, oh, for God's sake, listen to the man. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. here we have Polly revealing about a Dalek history and like Ben did a couple of episodes ago. But we haven't seen them have an adventure no. with the Daleks. No. So at some point, the Doctor must have told yeah. them. Or they watched one of his old DVDs. Could, mm. could be that, yeah. yeah. The Doctor took them to watch the premiere of Doctor Who and the Daleks' Invasion of Earth 2150 AD. Good idea. Oh, yeah. Because, of course... Because, of course, that's not... It's a completely different character. It's not canonical. No. So the Doctor, mm-hmm. the real Doctor, lands his TARDIS there. Wow. says, wow, look at this. Someone's made a film about me. Oh, and they've got it so wrong. They've got it so wrong. <laughs> you can imagine Hartnell sitting there being like... <laughs> <laughs> Furious, clutching his lapels, <laughs> knocking over his popcorn. Why, why are they calling it TARDIS? Why are they calling mm-hmm. it TARDIS? It's the TARDIS. <laughs> and why am I DR Dot Who? Yes. <laughs> I like that Bernard Cribbins, though. It is really interesting that, that actually... So much of this story for the regulars uh, is around being trapped in rooms. So the Doctor mm-hmm. has spent the best part of two episodes uh, in either prison or a cupboard in the rocket loading bay. Uh, ben is now, quote, safely stowed. I Michael Grace is on holiday. <laughs> uh, Polly was on holiday last week and so was available. Yeah. Um, 
but she's back now and she's trapped in the Dalek capsule being held. I mean, and it's really interesting that actually it doesn't particularly suffer from not having them no. in it, like we were saying about last well, that, I think it's because through the agency of the other characters mm. that, that are going on, we do actually care and we are, we are actually interested in the likes of Lesterson and Janley. Um, the fact that the Doctor and the gang are, are not that involved mm. um, is fine. It's a bit like Caves of Androsony in many ways. When, when <laughs> You're doing a deliberate mispronunciation there. <laughs> when um, Davison and, and Brian, or the Doctor and Perry are... It's a, well, it's a hallmark of a lot of later Doctor Who. Yes. Uh, Eric Saywood gets criticised for a fair bit of things like mm. Revelation of the Daleks, where Perry and the Doctor don't even turn up for half the adventure. Yeah. But mm. actually, you don't really miss them. It's some lovely it's, other characters well, it's, it's really I, interesting I think that's the beauty of Doctor yeah. Who yeah. and they still continue with the, the likes of Blink where you can have a great story the Doctor is involved but mm-hmm. so, so they've just discovered the real body so, of the so Governor Hensel's come back <laughs> to find Bregan sitting in his seat dressed as an SS <laughs> officer and uh, and and they've discovered the Earth Examiner's body. Yeah, now it, it's taken them four episodes <laughs> to discover the Examiner's body. But there's, but there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment in the colony. Mm. Like the Dalek stuff is happening, but also like whatever Hensel's had to go and see on the outer reaches of the colony. Like he's got something. Yeah. There's, there's unrest. I'm supposed to busy. But it's a, re- it's a really interesting decision with your brand new lead mm. to essentially sit yeah. him in a cupboard yeah. for much of his first adventure. I'm assuming because of the way television works, of course, and the power of the Daleks is written. Like many times in the first series of a new Doctor, they wouldn't have known yeah. who it was. Mm-hmm. They would have had to write almost like a blank template so that mm-hmm. any actor could fit into the role. So, I mean, it was quite late in the day when Hartnell, when they were moving him on. So it's possible that this started off as a Hartnell story, I guess. Yeah, um, or they might have known, well, he's changing at some point. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think this was just written for, for the mm-hmm. new Doctor. Yeah. But in those days, stories were written very quickly and close to broadcast because, for example, the Moonbase, mm. which is the, the Cyberman sequel, a couple to of stories Tenth down Planet, the line. From it's this. not long after Tenth Planet, and that's yeah. amazing that already they saw the the popularity of the Cybermen when they made that story and thought, right, we're going to have them back mm. already. Brilliant moment there that we were just talking over. The uh, um, the governor uh, was exterminated, uh, uh, and uh, and Bregan has now taken control. Uh, and uh, has an amazing line, yes, you will obey me from now on. I shall have complete obedience. Um, Bernard Archard, again, wonderful mm. actor, uh, really embodying uh, uh, the boy who was clearly teased in the playground for having a big nose or something, <laughs> or a, po- a pointy nose, and is therefore going to get his revenge on everybody. Um, One of the things I really enjoy about watching the Daleks here is that they've made this conscious decision to make them constantly moving. Yeah, and giving a sense of movement, whereas quite often they weren't. Mm-hmm. They were they would be quite static, but they've got a great sense of movement. Even in the scenes when they're seemingly just standing still, there is still movement going on yeah. going around. Although I think that is kind of accurate to how they appeared on screen, because there was always well most of the time in these scenes, mm. there's, there's a chap inside them. They off they they're they're more animate than like a post box or whatever they're, they're, <laughs> because there's someone in there they, they, have, yes. a, they have a sort of animate quality yeah. to them now this is a, the, a cacophony of exterminate they're really yeah. going for Ooh, it oh they're up very nice oh it's kind of horrible Ooh. and we've now sort of got the catchphrase finally as well yeah mm. um, Polly seems to be holding on to Quinn there yeah kind of not so much comforting though as in like just in a bit sweet mm. great line the Daleks will do as I tell mm. them <laughs> He's so foolish. Again, dramatic irony on behalf of the audience. <laughs> it's the sheer volume of them that is quite scary. 
in this. Oh, this shot's funny because it's basically four Daleks yeah, going round and round and round to make it look like it's there's the, lots yeah. of them. It's the big cliffhanger <laughs> to the episode, yes. It's, uh... <laughs> because there's a gap in between yeah. where yeah. The, uh, the ones and at the back are trying to get round. And they've faithfully <laughs> recreated it as well, which is the nice way to Because there's an earlier scene thing in the previous episode where they do a similar thing, and I was waiting to see if they did that. But they didn't, oh, they kept right. it going. It must have been mm. a quicker turnaround. Mm. Well, that one, they've got the exact clip, haven't they? Daleks Conquer yes. and Destroy, that exists. And it is, mm. as you play Crystal, clearly four Daleks around <laughs> in a loop. So that was episode five. Yeah. Five. Only one more to go. Oh, oh man. Sad. Me too. It's a great episode. Again, We you would have expected after episode four and that wonderful cliffhanger to go straight into what is about to happen. Mm. So they managed to get another great episode out of that sort of despite off, Ben being it? on holiday despite mm-hmm. Ben being on holiday well everyone's back next week for uh, amazing for the finale for the finale so episode 5 is now available on the BBC store in the UK and ah. if you want to find out where to watch The Power of the Daleks around the globe uh, please do visit doctorwho.tv for our full information some of you get to watch it in cinemas yeah some of you get to take it home on a DVD some people get to see it on the telly we will see you in episode 6 of The Power of the Daleks Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this BBC Worldwide Digital Studios podcast. For more from Doctor Who The Fan Show, visit youtube.com forward slash Doctor Who.